0: Thank you for listening to the First Christian Church Sunday Sermon Podcast. Here you will be able to listen to all of our Sunday morning sermons. Be sure to hit the subscribe or follow button so you don't miss a sermon. Enjoy today's message. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as yes, it is in heaven. Hey, thanks for joining us today. I missed you last week. I I saw John did a good job, I watched it later, and I just appreciate being on a staff where I have guys that can preach for me. I actually, we actually worshipped with, I worshipped with my wife last week, I took her out for Valentine's, we went shopping, which is not my favorite thing to do. Uh, but she enjoyed it and just spent the day together with her. And so thank you for allowing me to do that. I, I If this is your first time or you're new today and you're joining us online or if you're present with us, man, we're glad you're here. You're joining us in the middle of a series called the Sermon on the Mount. Well, that's what Jesus called it. Or that's where he did it, on the Sermon on the Mount near uh, the Sea of Galilee. And actually, it was just a hill. And throughout this sermon, we've talked about some tough subjects. We were in the Beatitudes, and then we talked about oaths and being salt and light and divorce and we have talked about anger and John last week talked about prayer and fasting and so everything we've talked about everything that I've preached about what John preached about has been really relevant to where we are and then isn't it amazing that Jesus could speak on a little hillside 2,000 years ago, and still be completely relevant and to speak to our hearts and our lives where we live 2,000 years later. Isn't that amazing? Now today we're going to address a topic that's totally irrelevant and not of importance today. In fact, you never hear anything about it, and it will not deal with your own life. Now is that true? No. Well, today, we're going to talk about worry. We're going to talk about worry in regard to being hopeful and helpful in regard to your worry. And, and to back the truck up just a little bit, I just want you to understand, as I've said before through this series, that there is a massive difference between believing in God and following Jesus. I imagine that you know a lot of people that believe in God, But I also imagine that a very small percentage of those people actually follow Jesus. And if you're here this morning and hearing my voice either online or present with this, I would guess that probably most of you believe in God, but not everybody here actually follows Jesus. There's other reasons to be here in the room. There's other reasons... To be watching online, and I would challenge you not just to be a believer in God, but to be a follower of Jesus, to actually practically apply His teaching to your own life, as I'm going to encourage you to do that today. Let me ask you a question. Do you think the world is as, do you think the world is as it should be? No. Are we better today than we were? No. no. Are we the worst we've ever been? Probably not. Are we the best that we've ever been? No. In fact, I would, I would share with you, in fact, I was talking to someone just in the last few weeks and they had decided to turn off Their news networks that they were actually listening to, their news sources because it was bringing them down. It was creating more anxiety in in their life. And I said, well, you know, around 2018, 2019, I did the same thing. I stopped worshiping at the God of CNN or the God of Fox or whatever social media that I was taking in the news because they were creating more anxiety. In fact, they're paid to create anxiety in us. That's how they make their money. They sensationalize the worst things, and it causes anxiety in our lives, if we allow it. The point is that no political or news organization is ever going to cure the world's problems. Only God sent Jesus to redeem and to restore what has been broken. Only God. And when Jesus speaks about the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven in Matthew chapter 5 through 7, he's not espousing a political agenda. In fact, Jesus, like many of us, have pressure to politicize what we speak before people. And they were looking for a physical, political Messiah. And that wasn't what Jesus was. And they were disappointed. Because his kingdom is the highest kingdom. And he is the king of kings and the Lord of lords. And nothing else will ever, ever compare. And I I want to remind you as I preach through this series that some of you may feel condemnation. Come back next week and we're going to preach about, or I'm going to preach about judging. But I don't want you to feel that, nor does Jesus want you to feel that. He wants you to feel convicted. And in fact, as I preach this sermon today, I just want you to know that my self-awareness level has increased this last week to the point where, I didn't I thought I was doing pretty good. Now I know I not. I'm not. And, and that I have some work to do in this particular area. But that's conviction. I don't feel condemned. The grace of God is sufficient in my life, but the anxiety, a lot of times that I allow to exist. Is because of my unrealistic expectations. So, as we approach this passage in Matthew chapter six, verses twenty-five and and following into uh, chapter seven, please follow along because Jesus has something to say to you. Therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat, or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not your life more than food, and the body more than clothing? Jesus don't be anxious. And you might say, well, Chris, anxiety is a hot topic today. Everybody's having anxiety. Did you know that in 2017, this is pre-pandemic, the millennials and the Xers were the most anxious generations that have ever existed since they've been recording on the anxiety scale. Did you know that? So it's not us older people that are anxious and stressed out, which we are, but our younger generations are even more anxious. And as I say that, I want you to recognize something, that there is a form of anxiety that is clinical and may require some medication or additional therapy. Now, Jesus is going to address anxiety in general, anxiety that's manageable, but there are Genetic and physical and hormonal reasons why anxiety may need to be tra- treated with me- medication. And you may need need some help, some talk therapy of some type. And if you're in that category, please don't hear this in in a, a situation that if you were more spiritual, you wouldn't need medication. That, that would be exactly wrong. I, I, I have as as a man of a certain age i'm on blood pressure medicine okay not a lot but a little and if i would just cut down my caffeine i probably would be okay but i choose to take the medication and and i don't feel any guilt about taking some high blood pressure medicine nor should you if you're taking some Medication to help you deal with some things that are going on. Now, I I want you to know that I come from several generations of alcoholics and I'm not an alcoholic. By the grace of God, he broke that chain. But I believe, because I know my family, that a lot of my relatives were self-medicating because there weren't prescription drugs at the time and they were numbing the pain. And folks you know, when we have those options, we need to take them. So please hear this and don't feel condemned in this area. And, and another general, generalization that I want to say, and which God has proven to me in this last week, is that we tend to default toward fear rather than faith. We tend to default that's our natural reaction, is to go to an anxious, worrisome place. And today I want you to know that Jesus is going to handle five topics, five topics, and, and one he's already handled, one two weeks ago that you loved when I preached about giving and finance, right? And these are all Fs. So so when your preacher gives you all Fs, he's doing really, really good. And I didn't get an Amen. Oh boy, I, I am not doing very well. Let me try that again. when your preacher gives you five f's he's doing really, really good. Yeah. okay, I had to beg. I talked about finance. Jesus is going to talk about food, which we're all interested in what we're going to eat next, and in fitness, how healthy we are and he's going to talk about fashion, what we wear, and then he's going to talk about. Our future and all of these things create some anxiety or some worry in our lives. And Jesus is talking about worry in our everyday life. So we got to ask the question, well, what is this? What is this stuff? And, 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 and realize this, that we typically don't worry about the everyday stuff, do we? Because we just take all of that for granted. Now, worry in the Greek is from the word marina, and, and it means, it, it meant a mind that was divided in a hundred different directions. Have you ever had anxiety? Have you ever been worried and you're worried about this and this and this, this this and this, and it's all at once? And have you ever had a conversation and and you were talking to this person and their eyes are focused on you and and you think that we are communicating and you ask them a question and they are not there at all because worry has got them a hundred different directions? you ever been in a situation like that? I think we all have. Then Jesus goes on in verse 26, and he says, Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Aren't you, aren't you not of more value than they? Jesus is going to the core here and saying, You are more important than the birds of the air. You are created in the image of God. You have the Spirit of God. You have a soul and spirit in your life. You are a child of God, and he cares for you. Now, there's a difference between worry and concern. There's a difference, and I just want to kind of elaborate real quickly. Concern moves you to action. Worry leads you to inaction. Have you ever been so worried you just can't do anything? You don't know where to start? Now worry is stewing without doing. Say that with me. Worry is stewing without doing. Now, in my family history, we have a tendency to not be able to go to sleep at night when we lay our pillow down. There's so many things going on that we just can't we we just can't go to sleep. And so that Since that's a pattern, I thought I wasn't a worrisome person. I didn't have a whole lot of anxiety. What I realized is I have a different pattern of worry. I wake up about 5, 5.30 in the morning, and I have things on my mind. And they're the same things over and over again. And as I was thinking about this sermon and preparing for this, I thought, you know, Chris, you really are a worrisome person. You have some anxiety going on there. And I really didn't like that about me. And so what I started to do was I take my phone, which is right by my bed. And I got out and I just made a list of all the things that I was concerned about, worried about. And I prayed about them. And then I went back to sleep. Because I was able to dress them. Some of them I can't solve. Some of them are time time mattered that they're in the future. Some of them are in the past that I need to let go. But I had to go directly to God in that moment. We all probably have some anxiety and worry, and it appears in different circumstances, in different ways, in all of us. Jesus goes on he says, And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? He's saying, what's, what, what's worry doing for you? What you worry about... The most is where you trust God the least. What you worry about the most is where you trust God the least. And then Jesus goes on and he says, And why are you anxious about clothing? About what you wear? Now, some of you guys probably wouldn't be very fashionable if you didn't have a wife to take care of that for you. And they are anxious for you. Because maybe you wouldn't even show up with clothes on without them. Maybe. Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you Oh, you of little faith. Jesus is rebuking them right now. He's saying these things are, are, are things that, that are just, they just happen. That God just takes care of them. Trust him. And, and he's saying faith is trust in God. That God that cares for you is faithful and he will provide. Why do you doubt God to provide when he says he will? Can we trust him in that? Therefore, do not be anxious saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all these things and your heavenly father knows that you need them all. You know, people watch us. I don't know if you realize that or not, your family members that know that you're in Christ, your neighbors, your classmates, people watch us. The people that work with us watch us to see if we are living by faith. And if there's a distinctiveness, and sometimes I have to say to someone, you know, I'm not doing very well today, and I've been a poor example in front of you, and I just want to apologize and ask for forgiveness. Because I failed. And that says, hey, this guy lives under a different kingdom. He serves a different God, and he's not like me. And maybe it will be winsome in their lives to realize that in an authentic moment that I am a struggler just like them. Jesus goes on and he says, But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. you. See, your God God wants your mind directed towards him. He wants a relationship with you, not a transaction, not a formalized religion. If your child came to you and said, "Hey, Hey, Dad or Mom, did you pay the mortgage bill? And then maybe a few days later, Hey, Dad or Mom, Hey, did you pay the electric bill? Did you pay the gas bill? Hey, did you pay my cell phone bill? Would that reflect that they didn't trust you to take care of them? Isn't that what we do with God when we doubt what he says? In Matthew six thirty three, maybe you learned this in VBS. Maybe you're just learning this. Maybe this is the first time you ever read it. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. That's a promise from Jesus to you. It's not a suggestion. It's just not a good idea. It is God's promise for you. And it's saying this to you. It's saying God has got this. He has got you covered. My question is, is God really first in your life? Is he first in your day? Is he first in your finances? Because where does your mind drift in those moments of silence, in those sleepless nights? Therefore, don't be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient... For the day is its own trouble. Now, Jesus, in this section, in this verse, he's talking about the future. And I don't know if you all live in the future like I live in the future. I plan ahead, I play ahead. To not play ahead in my book is to play behind. And so I have plans and I have contingencies and I have expectations, I have goals, I have agendas. I don't know about you. And sometimes those goals and those agendas are unrealistic. And then I'm very frustrated. This last week was one of those weeks where I was very frustrated. And when Chris gets frustrated, he gets angry and he gets mad. Then he gets down on himself. Then he gets anxious. Then he gets depressed. And it gets worse. I don't know if you're built that way or not. But God was just illustrating this message. And I, you know, when I go to communion, I have to say, Okay, God, I blew it this week. I've not been faithful. I've not trusted you. I've not been a good child. You've got it. I know it. And I'm reacting this way. And so I have to repent. (sighs) What's going to happen to what you worry about? Have you ever thought about it? First it may never happen have you ever worried about something and it never happened 91% somebody did a study 91% of the time it doesn't come true but it robs you of joy and peace of mind 100% of the time when we worry number 2 it may happen and it may not be as bad as you thought You ever have that happen? Well, this isn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. And number three, it may happen and it may be worse than you imagined. And God carried you through it. I think that if we had a testimony time of what God did in the pandemic... And what happened before and what happened after. And I just had an open mic right now. I think we could tell one another of how God had it and how God has provided and what he has done. So you know, when the worst case scenario happens, this is an incredible opportunity to give your cares to God. As I, I have Read this passage multiple times, and I like the song. I forget who, I don't want to say casting crowns, but it may not be casting crowns. Who sings about casting your cares on him? Is that, is that right? I can't remember. But it's but in 1 Peter 5, 6 and 7 it says, Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that at the proper time he may exalt you, casting all your anxieties on him, which we know to do, because of why? Because he cares for you. Now, isn't that amazing that the God of the universe, that, that, that the universe that is infinitely large, I don't even have a good, good word to describe it, the God that is overall, that holds everything together, cares about what is going on specifically in your life, in this moment, right now. He cares for you. Now, here's a warning. If you're constantly living in the future, you are missing the moment now. And that's where I'm guilty a lot of the times. Because I'm concerned about the future. I'm missing the moment now. Because worry is to allow one's mind to dwell on problems or trouble, and it misses the joy of the moment. Because we all know this, it's not a matter of if problems or troubles are going to come. They will come. We will have challenges. So we need to live in those moments where we can have joy and we can enjoy what God has given to us and not borrow on the next day on the worries that are going to come or they may never come. Now there's a difference between worry and anxiety and I want to go through this really quick. And for your, you uh, blank fillers, I have some uh, completed bulletins in case you can't keep up, Okay. I just want to prepare you because I might make you anxious in this moment. And I I wouldn't want to do that. See, worry primarily is a thought. Worry primarily occurs here. Anxiety is primarily a feeling. Worry is more specific. You're worried about this. You're worried about your kids' grades. You're worried about paying your mortgage. You're worried about this next job evaluation you're worried about the next sale you're worried about losing a friend and anxiety is more general you don't know where it's coming from but it's coming from all over worry happens mostly in your head like i said but anxiety mostly happens in your heart and in your body so why does jesus talk about this in the sermon on the mount As we've seen all throughout Matthew 5 and Matthew 6, Jesus is concerned about our, our hearts and whether our heart truly trusts God. And the question becomes, is worry a posture of our hearts? Is worry a posture of your heart? You say, well, Chris, I know all this. Why do I still worry? Why do I still worry? Because I am trying to control things. Are you controllers? Are some of you controllers? I would say that most of us want to control most of our lives. What's so frustrating about it is, if we really, really understand things... We have to know deeply inside of us that we can't. And it is so frustrating, it creates so much anxiety and so much worry, doesn't it? You see, if we try to control everything, who controls everything? Who controls everything? God does. Now, if we try to control everything, who are we trying to be like? God. Are we God? No, we aren't. And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to a span of life? We're not. Charles Spurgeon, a great uh, preacher of another era, said, worry doesn't empty tomorrow of its sorrows, it only empties today of its strength. How true it is. Now, I want to ask you: Do you know what scripture is the most Googled scripture in all of the Bible? Some of us would say John three sixteen, maybe uh, Genesis one one, maybe Romans eight twenty eight. But no, it's Philippians four four through six. Paul writes this: Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say, Rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known. To everyone. Now, I memorize this. Let your forbearing spirit be known to all. Be known to all. Meaning that gracious, kind, patient spirit be known to all. Be anxious for nothing. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made to, known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Wow. Before anxiety and worry were worries here and your heart anxieties here, Paul is saying it will guard your hearts and your minds. Paul's saying, hey, don't worry, stop it. But we know that doesn't work. So then he says, pray. Now, last week John talked about prayer. I, I just want you to know that prayer is powerful. And it should be a component of every Christian's life. That you should be in communication. You should be in relationship. God should already knows what you need, but he wants to hear from his child. He wants to hear from you. You need to tell God what you need. God already knows, but he wants to hear from you. And be thankful. Be thankful. Are you thankful for what you have? Do you stop and say, hey God... I'm thankful that I'm in church. I'm thankful I have a family. I am thankful that I'm breathing. I am thankful for all that you provided for me. I'm thankful that you brought me to this place and to this moment in my life. I am thankful that I can see if I can see. I'm thankful for bifocals and trifocals if I can't see without them. I'm thankful for medical uh, technology and all the stuff and all the prescriptions that I have. I am thankful for... And go on and on and on. Do you stop and realize how much we have and how good God has been? And that just puts everything else in perspective. And Paul says, then you're going to experience God's peace that surpasses all comprehension in your hearts and in your minds. If you're not experiencing that on a deep level, then there's some things haywire going on, and you're not putting your faith and your trust in God. Now, I don't want again. If you're dealing with some medication issues and some physical issues, this is a different. This is different. But if you don't need those things, there's something going to haywire spiritually that's not right with you, and you need to get it in line. You need some. You need some friends, you need some help, you need some encouragement, you need some counseling, whatever you need to get right with God. Because God desires a relationship from you, not a transaction. He's not a spiritual ATM that you put your church membership card in and then you put the code in and then you just tell him what you want and you get it. That's not what he's here for. He's here because he loves you, And he wants a relationship you on a personal level. And Paul, in this passage, he goes on and he says this. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. And then he goes on and he says, what you've learned and you've received and you've heard and you've seen in me, practice these things and the God of peace will be with you. He, he's saying, fix your thoughts on all the good things, all the best things. Not on the negatives. Not on the what-ifs. And then he's saying, hey, follow my example. Look at me as I follow Christ. Follow my example. Fix your thoughts on God. So start thinking about what you're thinking about. Is it positive or negative? Is it anxious? Is it worrisome? And I want to encourage you, worry can become the fuel for your prayer life. Are you placing those anxieties before a Heavenly Father who loves you and cares about you that sent His Son to give His life for you? Worry can become the motivation for your worship. When you come to worship uh, corporately or personally are you throwing it all before God and saying God I surrender I humbly place all of this at the cross of Jesus I'm laying it all down for you God now this morning are you uh, sitting there with your resting Bible face on kind of look that way I want to ask you to do something today with me. if you would please stand and as you are, thy kingdom come on earth. I'm going to ask you to raise both hands with me and we're just going to reach out to God. okay? Will you raise? I, I've got to raise both my hands like that. And I want you to this to symbolize that and if you're not comfortable, don't do this. But, but, but if you are, I just want you to recognize that, that you are a child of God, whether you've confessed Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, there's a Father in heaven who loves you like crazy that wants you to present before him every care, every concern, every worry, every anxious thought before him. And we're reaching up to him as, as a child reaches up to his parent. And we're going to ask him, we're going to lay our burdens down today. We're going to lay our worries and our anxieties before a heavenly God who loves you. And let, let's just pray together. Eternal God and Father, we raise our hands to you, knowing that you are the God of all gods, the King of kings, the Lord of lords. And that, Father, we want your kingdom to reign in our lives. But most of all, God, we want them to reign in our minds and in our hearts that that your work would be done in us and we're placing our anxieties and our worries those recurring thoughts those recurring emotions that set us back every time and father we want to be a faithful people i want to be a faithful person that reflects the light and the love of the lord jesus christ and father you know jesus tells us don't be anxious Father, that's so hard for us to do. And we want to have that right relationship with you. We want to have that faith in you. And Father, help us in our unbelief. Help us in our faith. Because you have been a provider throughout all of our lives. You brought us to this moment. And you will be faithful as you always have been. Father, we put our faith and our trust in you. And Father, for those that don't know Jesus as Lord and Savior, I pray today would be the day that they put their faith and trust in you for the first time. Father, for those that are struggling, we just pray, Father, that you do a mighty work in them, that your spirit would would reign and rule in every one of our lives. And Father, we pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Will you come this morning as we sing?